get a one personal space, two personal space, three. Hey, hello, listeners. This is just a quick disclaimer for this week's episode. As anyone that's listened to the show before knows, uh, there can be some adult language, and anyone that's listening for the first time, please keep that in mind. Uh, we tend to be ourselves and not filter, so occasionally a bad word might come out. If you have any children in the room, please put on some headphones or have them put on some headphones. Thank you. You're listening to the IDP Guys with Sean, John, and Nathan, the Wizards of Fantasy Football. Your go-to source for the individual defensive player strategy. And now, three guys who could only make an NFL team on Madden. Welcome back to the IDP Guys. This is episode 96. My name is Nathan. I'm joined today with Johnny. Hey. And back from his 16th wedding, uh, Sean. It's uh, actually 20th. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's been a lot. Yeah, it's it has. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but with that, let's jump into the question of the day real quick. Uh, who is the second best team in the AFC? I want to hear your guys' take on this first, because I got an answer that probably is going to blow your mind. Hmm. Still the Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. With that defense, you think so? Yep, still. Texans. Nope. Yeah. Yep. Well, nope. I think it's, so. It's funny because I'm going the Ravens. Really? Yeah, I okay. like uh, Lamar Jackson, and I, I like what they've been doing. So I think, uh, you know, they could be the second best. You know what? I think the point is that it's not as cut and dry as it was a few weeks ago. That's I think it's that's still for is. sure. Really? I think. Mahomes is playing on a bum ankle and he's still throwing for 300 yards. I think once he gets healthy, it's game over. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They, uh, they look like they got some issues. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens. This week's news. Alrighty, news intensive week, especially today. Jesus Christ. Uh, all right, let's get started chronologically, though. First thing, Amari Cooper, no long term damage. Great. So he was out long enough to fuck up my fantasy week, but uh, he'll be back next week. Oh. Terrific. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right, Gurley, hopeful for this week, no long term damage. Uh, we talked about this a little bit with Joey, but uh, Malcolm Brown didn't look too great. Sean, do you think Mr. Henderson's going to be a thing? Going forward, if Gurley can't go. I think he will. I think he got his opportunity. He played well, and he showed well with it. Um, and when we say no long-term damage, I mean, the clock is ticking on him, man. Like, like it's all piling up. He already has the stuff that is honestly just putting a shelf life on him. I think, I think the Rams are concerned. I think we should be concerned, and I think that just another injury while like this one may not be serious. It's just, it's stuff that's piling up. That's eventually going to have to be paid for. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick a guy, would it be Henderson dynasty wise as a replacement? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Actually just traded for Henderson in a couple of leagues. Nice. Nice. Yeah. He's been floating on some waiver wires. I 
was happy to find that. Um, all right, Doug Peterson guarantees a win, Jimmy Johnson style. Hmm. Um, okay, I mean, don't do that. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> never a smooth move. <laughs> no, it isn't. Because if you win, it's like okay, yeah, great. He thought he was going to win, and he won. And if you lost, then it, he, he looks like an asshole. Right, and it's Philadelphia. If you look like an asshole in Philadelphia, it's it's really not good. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody in Philadelphia looks like an asshole. Yeah, eh. you said it. Yeah, uh, I don't mean that. <laughs> don't go back I, on it now. I, I don't know. I love the beef they got with Minnesota fans living out here. Yeah, yeah. right. That Bill Cartwright is a Philadelphia fan. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> there you go. That goes. All right, I'm back to hating Philadelphia. <laughs> that goes back to that NFC title game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Alrighty, Tannehill comes in for Mariota. Um, what do we think long term here? Does Tannehill get his shot soon? Uh, yeah, they actually announced that uh, he's starting next week. They announced that right before we started recording. Oh, no shit. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I figured you guys had seen that. Um, nope. I'm into it. Mariota has proven that he can tank everybody's dynasty values around him. And uh, I have a lot of Corey Davis shares that I've been accumulating over the course of this year, hoping that Mariota is not the guy going forward. So... Uh, this is our shot. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens, but, uh, I really like AJ Brown. I really like Corey Davis as talents. They, I just never liked their situation. And I think that buying those guys previous to now is going to pay off, whether it's with Tannehill or with whoever replaces Tannehill next year. Uh, I don't know. I think it's better than Mariota at this point. Yeah, and they got the Chargers this week, but they got the Chiefs the week after. So I think we'll see some fireworks probably in both games to be honest like entirely possible yeah those aren't great defenses uh all right so we'll see what happens there um oh okay tyreek hill and hunter henry shine and return games mm. how uh happy were you guys to get those guys back uh very happy about hunter henry tyreek hill i still think should be out of the league but uh i own him in one place and he did great for me in fantasy yeah, um, I lost Will Disley and gained Hunter Henry back. So in one of my leagues, so nice. I was okay with it. Yeah, interestingly enough, like Will Disley was a very common fill-in for Hunter Henry. Yeah, that mm. was exactly what happened. It was my so. fishbowl league. Um, Hunter Henry went down. I searched the waiver wire, grabbed Disley on an off chance, and he performed admirably. Yeah. Uh, for Hill, what do we think this does to like uh, Hardman and Watkins and those guys? They were all kind of which one of these guys is going to perform, and now it's the same exact thing except with one less piece of the equation. Yeah. All righty. Uh, Disley Achilles injury feared long term. I haven't seen an update on this. Is he done? Done. For the season? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I it, Nothing's been official. I've been kind of waiting to see because I want to drop him uh, in some of my uh, season-long formats, and I haven't seen anything. So, But I would assume that it's going to be long-term, at least. I think any sort of Achilles injury, even if it's mm. like a sprained Achilles, like I think it's yeah. still going to end his year. But I could be wrong on that. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, they're waiting on the I MRI. I to- with you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're waiting on an MRI to come out. Gotcha. So I'm sure there's going to be something even by the time the show is out. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. 
Lots of cornerback injuries this week. Drake Kirkpatrick, Kendall Fuller, and Bradley Roby all exited early. All had pretty good matchups. I started all of them. It was not great. Uh, any of you guys run into that? Um, No, not with any of those three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, shout out, James Bradbury. You're my boy. Um, all right, John Johnson, shoulder injury. Uh, I haven't seen an update on this. I just know he's not likely for this week is what I saw. What would you guys see? Uh, I have not seen anything on it, but I have three shares of John Johnson, so this one would hurt me a little bit. Yeah, same. I've got him a lot of places, so I have to figure out my lineups. Yeah, yeah. plenty of uh, one or two week safeties you can get, that's for yeah. sure. Um, all right, also in injury news, Jayon Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Stefan Tuitt, and James Conner all exit early from their games. Uh, Benny, okay, so Jay- Brown should be fine. If not, Evans will be the guy. Woodyard came back, played 95% of snaps. He'll go away as soon as Brown comes back. Emmanuel Sanders, who gives a shit, like they, they don't throw the ball there anyway. Stefan Tuitt, that sucks, but he'll be back. James Conner, Benny Snell looked pretty good. What's your take on that, Sean? I really liked Benny Snell, and I think he's a very similar player to James Conner. Um, I had, I mean, I when I say I really liked him, I had him as a fifth round grade, which is basically uh, for me, it's a replacement level running back as a starter. Where it's like, yes, this guy could start in the NFL, but he's not anything special. Uh, whereas James Conner, I had as a third round grade, so I think he's slightly less than James Conner in terms of like his evaluation entering the league, but they do have very similar styles of play. And I think that he can offer a similar skill set in that offense and still perform similarly, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And Samuels is still out for like a month. So get him, get him while the getting's good. Yeah. He was really good in college fantasy, by the way. Do we know how long, uh, Connor's out for it. Do we have any update on that? No idea. And they got to buy this week, so they don't need to be like real forthcoming with uh, information. So we'll see. Um, I don't know why I put this in here. I think it was that tweet I saw about how terrible Mayfield's been this year. But or the fact that Sean's a huge Baker Mayfield fan. Oh, might have subconsciously done that. Yeah. Um, He's been bad. I I'll just I'll just take it from here. Fire <laughs> he's, away. He's been bad. The offensive line's been atrocious. The play calling's been atrocious. Uh, cough, cough, draw play on fourth and nine or whatever it is. Uh, the play design has been atrocious. The number of times I've seen two receivers within five yards of each other is atrocious. It just like everything's been bad and everybody is so ready to like everyone was so on this band, bandwagon mm-hmm. last year and they're so ready to jump off it. And like nobody wants to look at context and that's fine. Like he may well end up being bad. I don't believe he is, but like ignoring all the context and everything that's going wrong around him, I think is uh, not the right thing to do. So I don't know in dynasty leagues, I'm definitely willing to like, I'm definitely shopping to just check and see where people are at with him because the Browns aren't giving up on Baker Mayfield anytime soon and I think that more than likely they'll give up on their coach sooner than Mayfield and I think that he's going to have a better opportunity sooner rather than later and he has a lot of talent around him and I do still believe he's talented I just think that he is in a not great situation at the moment Mm -hmm. 
what's your take on Booger's comments about being a, a one read kind of guy? I don't agree with that at all. I think that the offense, the way the offense is set up right now is just not good. Yeah. Kitchens is an idiot too. Like, uh, that, that challenge, um, <laughs> with the Landry and touchdowns, you see that or not touchdown rather. Yeah. Yeah. I, Kitchens has proven that he was not ready to be an NFL head coach. Yeah. He needs to go reopen his bait shop. Definitely. <laughs> um, all right. Akib Tlaib to IR, uh, which leads into Marcus Peters to the Ravens and then Jalen Ramsey to the Rams. And now the Rams don't have a first round pick for the next five years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they can't afford a first round pick in the next five years anyway, because they're going to have to pay, let's see, Goff, Cooks, Donald, Peters, and Gurley. Right? Mm. Those are the five. They paid Gurley. Did they pay okay, Woods yet or no? They're not going to pay Woods. Uh, I'd be surprised if they didn't pay Cup, though. Mm. Um, there's one other guy, though, that I'm not thinking of that they need to pay. But yeah, they. I'm going to be very excited to see how they work their salary cap magic. Yeah. Kenny Young also to the Rams. We'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, Michael Bennon suspended one game for contract conduct detrimental to the team. This came off of some rumors that he might being shopped, might be getting shopped for a wide receiver. He was apparently pissed about it. That's what I read on Twitter. Anyway, you guys seen anything about that? I haven't, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he's only playing like 30% of snaps anyway, um, so who gives yeah, a he's shit? Been, he's been very disappointing. Extremely disappointing. Um, you know, we thought he was going to step into that Trey Flowers role, and instead no one has stepped into that Trey Flowers role, so that's been great. Uh, I thought this was, this is not really newsworthy. I just thought it was interesting. There have been 1,683 penalties through six weeks. That's the most since 2001. I literally thought, you, you know when you are... Uh, kind of like being sarcastic and you just pick a random number. Like, no, that's it. That's true. I didn't think that was a real number. Wow. No, that's true. Yeah. And that leads into. Yes. My rant. Holy fucking shit. That Lions Packers game was a train wreck in mm. terms of refereeing last night. Like the number of atrocious calls last night and not just, not just bad calls, but calls that were at crucial times mm -hmm. and just like suspect times was just ridiculous. Like there have only been three games in my time watching football that I've been like, is this game rigged? And this is one of them where it just didn't make any sense. Like every bad call that happened in that game, except for one holding call that I didn't really agree with went against the lines, every single one. And they came at crucial moments and they extended drives and they ended in points or they came on third downs when it was going to be a field goal or be a punt. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, ah, no, we'll give you another chance. It, like the Packers were playing on like eighth down. It, it was just stupid. And it was so blatantly obvious watching it on TV in real time. It wasn't one of those things where like you look at it on replay and you're like, yeah, no, like I could see how they missed that. No, it was just bad all around everything about the refereeing in that game was bad and the lions won that game and the referees handed it to him. And like, I'm very much of the opinion that you shouldn't put yourself in the situation where the referees can win the game. But at the same time, like when all of your points come off bad calls and when 
you're consistently getting second chances to score touchdowns. Like, no, the refs won that game for the Packers. Like the Lions outplayed the Packers in every facet of that game and lost because of the referees. So and they did it in Lambeau. Yeah. I, um, I read something in the free press uh, just a couple hours ago. They, they posted on Twitter about how, so the two Trey flowers hands to the face came after Brian Balaga went up to the ref and said, are you guys going to call hands to the face? My head's been in the, looking up at the stars this whole game. This was like fourth quarter near like the second or third of the last uh, drive. And that's when, and he says they basically credit him for turning the ref's eye to, to the situation. And I think they just were looking at the fact that his head was up or something and not the placement of the hand. Well, so two super funny parts about that is number one, the second hands to the face, uh, there were two hands to the face on that play. And I think one of them came from Bakhtiari and one of them came from Balaga mm-hmm. against Detroit players. And then once Aaron Rodgers went down with the sack, they threw the flag for hands to the face, like six seconds later. It was yeah. just bizarre. It, it was just stupid. So I don't know, man, that none of that game made any sense. And I, don't understand how you can make those calls without seeing it when it's very clearly going to change the outcome of the game. Right. And one thing I have to point out, if this was a one o'clock Sunday game, no one would be talking about it. No, not at all. Cause no one would have seen it, but mm-hmm. everyone finally got a taste of Detroit football and what we deal with. But yeah, I don't know. It absolutely sucked and it was painful to watch uh, because the team played their heart out and they, killed it in Mm -hmm. all the ways they needed to kill it. Those first two drives from Detroit. Oh my God. Like that was, I I didn't understand. Like I figured that the lions were going to be able to run all over them after throwing a flea flicker on the first, first uh, play of the game for them. And then the second one going long like that, it was, it looked like it was a setup to a good game for us. Yeah, but it's in Lambeau. It's against the Packers, and uh, the reps love Aaron Rodgers. You know that this is mm-hmm. how it's going to go. So, I don't know. It's frustrating. Uh, thankfully, the uh, refs gave us an apology this morning, which, uh, you know, that's that always does great. a lot of good. It, it fixes everything. I feel a lot better about it <laughs> yeah. now that they apologize for it. Yeah. Mm. See that apology in January? Yeah. Alrighty, Johnny, you want to tell us how you did this I, week in I, I college football? I did great. How'd you guys do? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was on my way back from this wedding at six in the morning. I was hammered, and I just kind of set all my lineups, and I haven't looked at it since. Mm. We're gonna check that out after the show. Yeah. No, I, I was good. I went 20 and five total, including wow. eight no in college. Uh, I'm at 220 for the draft app, and I only lost 10 bucks in FanDuel, so I'm doing good. Nice. Um, I'm eight and a six. Um, I beat Joey the tooth in our writers league by 0.18. So hopefully there's no stat correction tomorrow morning. That correction is incoming. (laughs) Well, I'll be, uh, I'll be messaging Yahoo to assure that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then I'm still not eliminated in uh, my charity eliminator. um, Although most of my team is decimated. 
So let me ask you guys a question. Do you either of you guys know where my fantasy league gets their stats from like real time? I do not know. Cause they were more accurate than Yahoo sleeper and the Yahoo sports app and the ESPN app in regards to a couple things on Sunday. Interestingly uh, enough, there's a, there's companies actually I have a friend who works for one of them that their job is to basically sit there and watch these games and track yeah. the stats. And that's where ESPN pulls from. It's where Yahoo and all Fox sports, all these broadcasts and websites pull from. So they're probably just using a cheaper uh, company that does that, mm. um, that nobody else is using that happened to be more accurate this week. Yeah, no, it, it was wild. Uh, they had Linval Joseph reversed. He had one solo, five assists, but everywhere else had him as five solos, one assist. So, yeah. So they probably, the other ones probably all use the same company, right? Got mm-hmm. the wrong data yeah. and it switched over. Yeah. That was interesting. All right. All right, now is the part of the show where we uh, do our gut checks. We set two pairs of uh, defensive players against each other and a set of offensive players, and we talk about their merits against uh, who we would be setting in our lineup or drafting, and then we kick it out in Twitter land and see what you guys think. Uh, So let's go over last week's gut checks. Um, The first one is a pair of wide receivers. Uh, we got Tampa Bay's Chris Godwin versus the Rams' Cooper Cup. Uh, with 100 votes, 64% went Cup. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I think, I don't remember who I took last week. Um, you weren't here. You weren't here. That's That makes sense then. I was like, <laughs> I don't remember this at all. I think I would, I think I would go Godwin. That's, um, that's where I went. Yeah, I think just like I really like Cooper Cup. I think both of them are guys that you want to like do everything in your power to acquire. Mm-hmm. But I do think that long term, Chris Godwin has a better shot at being that number one wide receiver that you run an offense through. Whereas I think Cooper Cup is getting a lot of volume right now. But I think that once you lose Brandon cooks or Robert Woods and you don't have as many weapons around, it's a lot more difficult to feed the offense through Cooper cup out of the slot. That's pretty much exactly how that went down last week. Yep. Yep. All right. Pair of linebackers, Carolina's Shaq Thompson versus the LA Rams, Corey Littleton with 160 votes, 67% Corey Littleton. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, he had a huge week. And then here we go. Pair of defensive tackles. Pittsburgh's Cameron Hayward versus Atlanta's Grady Jarrett. 144 votes. 50-50. Really? Holy shit, it is 50-50. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So well, I was aiming for close. I I went Hayward. <laughs> um, I think we all actually went Hayward. I, Sean, yeah. where would you go with that? I think I'd probably go Hayward, too. Yeah interesting all right this week we got a couple of uh waiver wire linebackers the the hot the hot goods for this week first one is Najee good of the jacksonville jaguars he stole quincy williams job he took it 
So he has, on the season, 11 solo tackles, four assists, one sack, two pass defense, no picks, no forced fumbles. And he's going against A.J. Johnson, who stole Josie Jewell's job. These guys have both started two games, so these stats should be close, right? 11 solo tackles, six assists, one and a half sacks, two pass defense, one pick, no forced fumbles. Give me A.J. Johnson because they have the worst offense and they don't have the guy with the mustache. Oh, yeah. Yeah, give me that too. I, they're very similar situations, but, uh, but, or I guess very similar situations in terms of how they landed there and what they're competing against, but uh, different offensive situations, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, yeah. All righty. Next one is a pair of surprising safeties. These guys are both in the top five for IDP points for the year. First one is Sean. Well, this one's maybe not so surprising. Sean Williams of the Bengals has so far on the season 35 solo tackles, 14 assists, no sacks, no pass defense, no force fumbles up against the surprising Jabril Peppers of the Giants. 29 solo tackles, 11 assists, no sacks, three pass defense, one pick, one touchdown, one force fumble. And I, 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 I want Sean Williams. It's easy. I want Sean Williams too. I've never been a Jabril Peppers fan. And also I think once Barkley comes back, that offense will start picking it back up a little bit and they'll be running the ball a lot more, which is going to chew up time of possession a lot more than what it has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm on that train too. I was going to pick Sean Williams because the Bengals um, are consistently terrible where the giants could have good games. Yeah, and the Bengals, like, defense as a whole, by the way, is just producing so many IDP studs this year. It's, like, fucking ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Last one is a pair of running backs. These guys were amongst the early preseason debate of who you take in with those first RB picks. Now we got a few games to have some look at a, look at some stats and kind of reassess. First one is David Johnson of the Cardinals. 298 rush yards, two rushing touchdowns, 30 receptions. 315 yards, three receiving touchdowns, zero fumbles lost. Up against Ezekiel Elliott, the Ewok. 491 rush yards, five rushing touchdowns, 18 receptions for 139 receiving yards, zero receiving touchdowns, one fumble lost. Um, I'm happy with either. I actually think I want David Johnson for the PPR. What do you guys think? Yeah. I'm going Zeke because I don't think he's going to keep up the PPR. Uh, three receiving touchdowns already. I don't think it's sustainable. I think that their uh, players that they have on offense are going to start working into the receiving game a lot more. And I just think that as these young players that they have at receivers start to integrate more into the offense, uh, David Johnson's shares are going to start to go away and he's not doing enough on the ground to keep that up over the course of the season. Chase Edmonds is uh, getting some play too. Yeah. 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 I think I'd go Zeke here because he's the more solid stud. Um, But I do like David Johnson's receptions because um, in PPR, you know, that's a thing. That's a point right there. Uh, So I, it's close, but I think I'd go Elliot just because I'm more confident in what he's going to do going forward. Yeah, so I was looking just real quick for the thought process here. I was looking at who the top guys are right now, just sorting by points and stuff. And, of course, number one is CMC. Mm -hmm. But after that, it's still Eckler and still Dalvin Cook. And then it's these two. Hmm. Yeah. 
Kind of weird. Not not exactly what we thought so far, but whatever. We'll throw it out to the people. Say what they think. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, so we've got a listener question um, for everyone out there. If you'd like to get a question answered on the show, uh, you can get it to us in a, one of many ways. Uh, 313-986-1473 is our phone number. Uh, you leave a voicemail and we will play that on the show. Um, you can tweet at us at IDP guys. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, idpguys.org and use the contact us, ask a question button and send that in, um, or become a subscriber, uh, while you're on the website, uh, pay, you know, sign up, become a subscriber, get into our subscriber chat and, uh, ask all the questions you want. Um, one person who's very active is Joe G and his question is if you were shopping DeAndre Hopkins what would you want this is a timely topic mm-hmm. uh, I'll start by saying I'm not shopping DeAndre Hopkins because what if you're buying what are you willing to put up for him what was that what if you're buying what would you pay for him I think that the minimum price that anybody's going to even consider is three firsts like He's having a down start to his year, uh, but he's still uber talented. And you don't sell guys based on like you don't sell studs based on a five six game window. You know, like we're we're if we're talking dynasty, which I'm assuming he is, mm-hmm. um, you're you're looking at a young talented player with a young talented quarterback. Like you're not this five, six game sample is not at all indicative of his talent and you're not selling him at this low point because it's bad business to sell players when they're at their lowest they could possibly be. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually trying to buy him if I can. I'm absolutely trying to buy him everywhere. Yeah, and and another great thing about this is it hasn't worked out lately, but his price keeps dropping in DFS and Hmm. it's going to work one of these weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he's part of the majority of my lineups most of the time, just because the price is right. And one of those weeks, it's gonna go. He's gonna go nuts. Like you can just feel it coming. Yeah. Special guest. All right, uh, we'd like to welcome to the show this week uh, Joseph Hagen at Joey the Tooth IDP on Twitter. Uh, he is a writer and senior member of the IDP guys. Uh, welcome, Joey. What's going on, man? Not much, not much. Good to have you. Um, Thank you. So I kind of wanted to kick off the show talking a little bit about... Um, you're you're working on a project right now, a thirty to thirty for thirty video project. We're gonna put out on the YouTube at some point. That's right. Um, yeah, go into that. Uh, so I wrote an article on um, Dynasty Football Digest in the off season about Jamel Lewis. He was a, a guy who was a running back from uh, Bloomfield High, and uh, he ended up going to Iowa and played D one football, and uh, he ended up. He tore two ACLs, so his career ended abruptly. But uh, he said he wanted to do a little thing about Bloomfield High football. I mean, they've put out guys, many of uh, NFL players, like uh, Dwight Freeney, Marcus Cooper, Julian Sanford. 
This is some smaller names, True Pinnock. Out of um, Connecticut, right? Yeah, all out of Bloomfield High School. Mm-hmm. But um, and uh, he said he he would love to get like a thirty for thirty because starting in I want to say it was like ninety six, they had a coach come in, Coach John Cochran. I know mm, it's weird, right? Yeah. yeah, or Jack Cochran. I'm sorry, Jack Cochran. <laughs> and uh, he uh, no, yeah, no, the glove didn't fit. But uh, so they as soon as he got there, the team was just like practicing seven days a week and they just ended up blowing through teams. So they wanted to do a 30 for 30 talking about the community that the team brought together. Like they said it was like varsity blues type stuff. Like the town would shut down and they would go watch the high school football games. So I'm going to, I got a couple of guys coming in. I'm doing a one-on-one interviews and uh, we're going to put together like a 30 for 30. And then at the very end, I'm going to do like a, um, ESPN roundtable. I'm going to try to get probably like four or five of them together, and we're just going to sit down for like another 20 minutes and just shoot shit about Bloomfield High football and what it meant to all of them. Nice. Yeah. That's that, pretty cool. That's man. awesome. Yeah. So right now, I've got a guy lined up. Um, his name's Mike Lawrence. He played a couple of years back for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be talking to him actually tomorrow. So I'll know a little more about him tomorrow. But uh, and then also. Hoping to get Drew Pinnock. He was also, he, I think he also made his way up to the NFL. But And then Jamel Lewis, of course, we have him coming on again. And then a couple of the other guys. So it, it's fun, man. Yeah. I've learned a lot about it. And those guys are tight. They all know each other, all from different years. It's insane. Hmm. Nice. That's awesome. Looking forward to seeing that come together. Yeah. Well, you're going to help me put it together. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I assume so. I assume so. Yep. But yeah, for sure. Um, Johnny, you had some questions uh, lined up. What, yeah. You want to go? Yeah, absolutely. Let's just talk about the hot button shit because there's quite a bit of it. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll start with the waiver wire linebackers. So David Mayo, uh, that didn't go great for me personally last oh, Thursday. Oh, gosh. And I was with you. Yeah, that was not great. But all right, going forward, though, Mayo or Davis, what do you think happens with this situation? I think you have to stick with Mayo. I mean, he looked, he looked far too good. Like he, even if you, if you just watched the game, even if you didn't look at a stat line, he was all over the place. You just saw David Mayo everywhere. Yeah. no. So he, I, I, he, feel, I feel like the Giants have to stick with him. I mean, out, like next to Alec Ogletree, if there's just been this void of linebackers for the New York Giants for years now, and to finally have a little bit of consistency at the position is something they just need to run with. Yeah, definitely. Plus, Davis, like, technically could have played. He was like a healthy, right. healthy scratch. Yeah. And Mayo, what was it, in his two starts, what, 22 tackles? Yeah, yeah. Like Some other stuff too, yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. So this one just happened today, right? Troy Reader has been like the waiver wire darling the last couple of weeks, but then Kenny Young goes to the Rams like a few hours ago. What the, right. hell, what the hell do we make of that? Well, I still think as of right now, Rieger will be the start. I mean, he wasn't really playing a ton of snaps anyway. I think it was only like in the high 60% range. Yep. But uh, I think Kenny Young, for the most part, adds depth and kind of an upside. I mean, outside of Reader, the only reason Reader's playing is because they have nobody else. Clay Matthews went down. Um, Bryce Hager hasn't done anything. Uh, Micah Kaiser went down. So it's kind of like the next man up deal for Troy Reader. And uh, Kenny Young's just kind of a high upside guy who showed some some ability last year. So it's kind of bring him in, let them compete against each other, and see who gets the job until 
Clay comes back really and takes some of that snap share away. So here would be my question about that then. Like in the off season, you see a lot of trades happen with like late round draft picks for players that end up being depth and stuff like that. But how often do you see teams like pursuing a player during the year that they don't plan on utilizing heavily? Like how often do you see that? Cause I can't think of many examples, if any off the top of my head. Like, I know there are some. I can't think of any, though. No, I know. You're right. But I, I just don't uh, – if you watch Kenny Young this year, I mean, he lost his job to to start the year. Like, before this year started, everybody was like, well, Kenny Young's just taking over for C.J. Mosley. And then all of a sudden in training camp, it was C.J. – or it was uh, Kenny Young and – was it um, Chris, Chris Ford. Ford? Yeah. And then that didn't really happen. And then all of a sudden, neither of them can win that job, and they signed – 30-year-old, 31-year-old Josh Bynes who instantly wins the job. Right. And then they trade Kenny Young. So it's like, obviously, they don't have much faith in Kenny Young. Well, obviously, they didn't have much faith. But that doesn't mean that the new team doesn't. You know, Right. But if he comes in, and that's why he's going to compete with Troy Reader right off the bat. But if he just plays like he was in Baltimore, then it's just kind of one of those deals like we went for an upside guy. Yeah. I guess to me, I think they're probably more likely trading for someone that like, I think he probably fits their scheme better is probably yeah. what they're looking at, where it's like, yeah, this is a talented player that doesn't fit the Ravens scheme. So we, we can probably get him off their hands, you know? Yeah. Kind of like uh, Kyle Van Noy from Detroit over to New England, where it's like, right. this player is trash over on Detroit, but he could fit our scheme. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just have a hard time believing that teams like to trade for players they don't intend on using. Yeah, it definitely it puts a scare in the uh, the Troy Reader waiver wire moves this week. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely kind of backing off on it. Yeah, I I, I had it in a bunch of places. Now I'm just even like going sleeper, and that's it because sleepers like my throwaway leagues. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, Rams did a bunch of weird shit on defense today, but we'll get into that later. Um, all right. And this this last one for the waiver wire guys. This is our gut check, but I just wanted to get your take on it. Uh, who are you taking, AJ Johnson or Najee Good, if you have the choice? Um, I guess I'm gonna go AJ Johnson. I don't know. He just he's produced a lot in his two starts. Like every aspect of the game, he's looked great, and he's just high high energy right right I don't know, and I, I like Najee good but he couldn't beat out Quincy Williams to start the year yeah that's not great right so I don't know cool all right um all right so so obviously the the uh the big uh item this year has been the edge rush slash outside linebacker guys mm-hmm. uh all right last two weeks here Shaq Barrett nothing Whitney Merciless nothing Jamie right. Collins nothing except that sack late in the game a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're all coming back to earth, but going forward, do you feel like this is a trend that's going to keep happening or is this just a start of the season flash in the pan thing? Well, I, th- I think it's just like it's always been. It was just a start of the season flash of the pan. It's like they've already shown that it's a pace that can't be kept up. So it's just one, it's just going to be boom or bust. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I've, I've been yeah. I've been yelling it since week two. I've just looked stupid right. for like four weeks, but yeah, no, it's looking good I, now. I though. Hear you. Yeah. Exactly, it's like I told you so. <laughs> yeah, in in speaking of uh, stuff like that, so um, there on Twitter there was a a good thread, not a good thread, a stupid thread going around um, saying bench Donald for Bosa this week. That didn't work oh out so gosh, great. No, um, 
So Donald, a lot of people jump in ship. Uh, right. What's your I take joined, on I, stuff like that? Well, like Donald, I joined. I joined right into that thread. I said, "Listen, Donald last year didn't get his first sack till like week three or week four, and he finished with twenty. He's gonna be fine. Take it easy." Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. And then what did he do? He had seven tackles and two sacks last week. Yeah, and like a forced fumble. Yeah, and like yeah. three tackles for life. He had a massive game. It was awesome. Right. Yeah. Um. But there are some other guys that have started slow. Like J.J. Watts turned it around. He's been better lately. Um, right. Frank Clark. Demarcus yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, and Lawrence, Lawrence and Clark. Those are the two that have got people like super worried now. What's your take so, on those two? The one that worries me the most of the two, I mean, I would want to say Demarcus Lawrence because he hasn't really done much, but Frank Clark, he's in a different scheme. He went from a 4-3 to a 3-4, and I don't think it's fitting him well. And if, and if you watch his last game, he just doesn't seem into the game. Yeah. He's just lackluster. His motor's gone. He's not aggressive. So here's, here's what I'll say about the D line, the edge rushers, DNs. So if we're going to uh, basically what you guys are saying about outside linebackers, not being sustainable over the course of the year, that's what you're looking at with DNs. Like it's just inconsistency. It's the same exact thing. They're playing the same role. DNs and outside linebackers are right. almost exactly the same role in the defense. Um, not quite, but very similar in terms of IDP production. Mm-hmm. So like you pick the talented players because you're not going to have week to week consistency. That just doesn't happen. Even with a guy like Aaron Donald, even with uh, somebody like, Joey Bosa or with JJ Watt, like they're going to have down weeks because that position is inherently sack dependent. So right. that's just the reality of it. And anybody who's benching their studs on the D line is making a mistake. You don't play matchups on the D line. If you have studs, like you play the studs and you let it sit all year long because you're going to get those big games. Those are your home run hitters. Yeah. I hear you, and but when I'm watching my studs play, I want to see them actually try. Like Frank Clark, is just does not seem like he wants to play this year. And it's no, it's, that's it's, absolutely fine. It's different too. Like, okay, so how many three, four defensive ends can we like name that are like actually good? Aaron Donald. That's but it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's no, a lot yeah. harder in a three, four. There's a, there's a few of them out there, but that's because three, four defensive end is essentially like a defensive tackle. Right. right. I mean, yeah. I mean, to a certain extent anyway, like, um, it's obvious. It's like the hybrid between defensive tackle and defensive end, but like, it I definitely mean, hurts their production. Yeah. If Kansas city was smart, they would just, I mean, Frank Clark's athletic enough to move outside, just put him at outside linebacker. I mean, Emmanuel Ogbo was, was doing it. Right. I, I mean, feel like they're, exactly, that's exactly where he should be. He's got right. the speed off the edge. It doesn't exactly. So it, if they really wanted to utilize Frank Clark correctly, they'd move him to outside linebacker. Yeah, and I honestly thought that's where they were going to use them. But, yeah, yeah. I've I've only got them in one spot this year, and I, I've got I'm loaded everywhere else on D line, so I'm just going to sit with it. I don't care. It's, it's yeah. right. I, have, I have a lot of Frank Clark, and it's been varied. I actually have a lot of Frank Clark and Demarcus Lawrence, and it's mm. very frustrating. But yeah. but Lawrence has been causing enough havoc that he's still getting the attention, and Quinn has just been running free fucking things up. Right. Yeah. So at least he's being being effective in his shittiness, <laughs> which is kind of which is kind of what happened with uh, Whitney Merciless the first few weeks. So JJ Watts getting all the attention, right. Not causing much, but here's Whitney Merciless going bonkers. But JJ Watt all of a sudden starts producing, and what happens to Merciless? He disappears. Yeah, yeah. 
it, it's almost as if the opposing teams are starting to uh, like plan for that. Like they're oh, yeah. starting to scheme towards these guys, these outside linebackers that are eating each te- eating these teams up. We always talk about like scheming guys out of the out of the game and stuff like that, but I think like a widely overlooked part of it is just that when a play breaks down to the point where it's going, like very rarely is a sack just one player. Like a lot of times it's one player breaking three, forcing a quarterback to go somewhere else, which is I'm into something else or a guy comes through and it forces them to roll out. And so really what you're seeing is, is that there are only, only so many plays that break down in that way. And those sacks have to be shared amongst a number of players. So Mm -hmm it's not so much that people are focusing more on one player than the other. It's just that at a certain point, like it's luck where like, you're going to, you have four sacks in this game Mm -hmm. and it's luck that one guy gets two and this other guy doesn't get in. I I would say that there you're right, but there's also a sense of like when a quarterback is is taking the ball and he's thinking about okay which way am I like if I'm gonna roll out what which way would I want to roll out he's probably gonna be like okay this you know uh, we've been talking about Whitney Merciless for the last week we know we're going up against him he's on the left of me and so you know they might make a subconscious effort to go to the right see and I think it's a lot less that because quarterbacks have a natural tendency to roll out a certain way because they don't want to throw back across their body. I think the more important factor is where you're shifting your running back in protection. But mm-hmm. even then you're shifting them to a side um, because generally they'll shift to a side and then they'll help out where help is needed or they'll pick up blitzes. Sure. And I think that like shifting to that side can definitely affect things and it's definitely meant to take somebody out of the game plan, but I think it's a lot less effective than what we give it credit for in the IDP community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. They've done a pretty good job on Donald though. I mean, you get everyone seeing the triple team picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Donald, Donald plays. He's, I mean, I guess he's playing more edge this year on the, uh, than he usually does, which is very strange. We've never seen that before. Um, but when you're playing on the interior, it's a lot easier because, you know, if you have four guys up front that are rushing the passer and you've got five guys blocking, generally the extra guy is the center. Or if they're stunting inside uh, or outside, then you have the tackle and the guard. So mm-hmm. like when you're playing on the interior, it's very easy to add an extra guy to one side or the other. When you're playing on the edge, it's very difficult because you can't take your guard and your tackle over to that edge guy because that guard is going to do nothing for you unless it's a stunt whereas the center can actually help out in the interior so i think it's very easy to scheme for the interior guys where it's very difficult to scheme against the edge guys gotcha yep and i and i think just the overarching theme with the outside linebacker stuff is it defensive end defensive line everyone's taking the same risk Everyone's mm-hmm. got to play those guys. You're cho- yep. you're choosing to play an outside linebacker guy at a regular linebacker spot, right? See, and that's that's why I like playing in sack heavy leagues, though, because um, it's it makes them relevant. Thing. It does. Right. It does. It's like it's like playing in standard versus PPR, where like suddenly all your pass catching backs are worthless, and you're eliminating half the market. You know, right? right. Um, where like I like playing in the sack heavy leagues, where it's equally viable to be starting these outside linebackers, these edge rushers, because they're 
I mean, I wouldn't even say it's debatable. They're more valuable than your inside linebackers in real football, you know, because like inside linebackers in real football are not all that valuable to a defense. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like playing in a a league that has like a high pass defense rate and and, uh, interception rate makes corners actually usable now. Right. Yeah. uh, Brett Bradbury got me 70. Oh, he, dude, I picked him up last week and I sat him on my bench because I had, I had two players with <laughs> supreme matchups. And yeah. I was like, ah, Bradbury, I mean, he's going against Tampa. He's going to kill it, but I'll sit him this week. <laughs> Luckily, I still won that game. Yeah. But still. But the you, two corners I played had good games. It's yeah. just Bradbury had a monster game. Yeah, that was that was unbelievable. Corner mm-hmm. corner premium league. Oh, my God. That was, that was wild. Jesus. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, all right. So how about a little 49ers talk? You guys Boom. are undefeated. Mm. Yeah, man. What the hell? It's the defense. It is the defense. It's the defense, 100%. And I think it, I, I, wanna, I wanted to say everybody to look at Akilah Witherspoon and say, I'm sorry for saying you suck. <laughs> yeah, they were all wrong. I, oh, man. Akilah Witherspoon he, was He is one of my not friends. bad by any means, but when you have – a team that cannot rush the passer, you're just putting all the pressure on your corners. He was a second round grade for me coming out, and I felt really bad about that about a year ago. Yeah, well, it's like that. That pass rush was absolutely horrible outside of DeForest Buckner. Mm-hmm. They had no other pass rush. So when your quarterback can sit there and say, "I'm not worried about this defensive line. I'm just, I'm just going to let this play play out," it just puts all the pressure on your corners and. Richard Sermon still wasn't fully healthy, and they're just throwing at freaking Akilo. Akilo, sorry. I think it's Akello. Akello, whatever. Akello. I said Akilo, whatever. So it's like Achilles. Uh, you know what? You're my you're my Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. You. you watch more Niners than I do. You should. Yeah. You know what? He's with he, he watches it a with good the sound off though. Jimmy, I, I, garbage. I watch. Hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is a great game manager right now. And he's a good-looking guy. That's the important part. Game manager is beautiful. Game manager is code for garbage. (laughs) (laughs) No, see, unless... No, no, no. no, no, no. You're saying he's garbage, but he hasn't had to take over a game yet. Right, with that run game? So you haven't had to see him actually try to win a game. I've seen him try and throw the football. Ah, he's fine. Okay, uh, no, no, no. Okay, so all right, where, where? Just hear me all out. Right. Okay, Go so ahead. definition of a game manager, right? Mm-hmm. If you take a game manager, basically you're saying, yeah, this guy has a lot of good talent around him, and he has a really good defense that makes him a game manager because they're winning games, right? If you take that game manager and you put him on a bad team, you just call him garbage. So, what like the Alex Christian Smith? Ponder effect. I mean, Alex, Alex Smith was a, was a game manager for years, and he Alex was Smith successful was, with three different teams. Alex Smith was called a game manager, but Alex Smith was better than a game manager, in my opinion. Like, if Marcus Mariota was on the 49ers, I think we'd call him a game manager rather than benching him for Tannehill. I don't think so, because he has no pocket awareness. Uh, he's pretty light on turnovers this year. Has he thrown a pick yet? Yeah, but he's been sacked a thousand times. Yeah. That's fair, but his offense. He threw two picks last week, I think. Did he? Okay, I missed that. I uh, I, I don't know. So, my thing with Garoppolo, I'm not going to talk bad on him by any means until he actually has to try to win a game for them and can't. 
Mm. Because he right now he's flowing with that offensive scheme, and they are just that running the ball amazing. Like Breda and Coleman are just dominating people right now. Right. So so Joey, what do you need <clears throat> to like go far in the playoffs? Right? Because you guys have like all of it. Great run you game. Have- Great pass and a rush. stellar defense. Yep, good. Pretty decent secondary. Jimmy Ward came back. He looked pretty good. He looked really good. And Jaquiski Tart is like the unsung hero of that team. His numbers don't show up, but he's plays. He's there for every play. Yep. Jaquiski Tart has been very good in that secondary this year. Yeah. So I, I got to ask, do you think they'll ever like throw to a wide receiver? Or is that just like out? <laughs> I honestly think they need to get a wide receiver. Like, I mean, Devo. Oh, I yeah, knew, I, I knew Sean I was like going to say that. I like Debo, <laughs> and they need to play Debo. Pettis is good. I don't know what's going on, but he is a good player that, for whatever reason, is in the doghouse with the coaches. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what's up with Pettis. It's it's there's got to be something they're seeing that we aren't. Well, the, usually, but it doesn't necessarily mean something they're seeing. It could be something in the locker room too, right? Mm. I don't know. I, I feel like for this to be really like that uh, high caliber offense, they need to find another receiver. They need to compliment because Marquis Marquise Goodwin, he's he's Marquise Goodwin. He's not going to win a game for you. He's good. He had some good chemistry with Garoppolo two years ago, but I still think they need to add to that that core. I mean, Debo Samuel is good. I like Debo Samuel. I don't. Do I think he's a number one receiver? I'm not sure yet. I need to see it from, but I, they don't have a number one receiver. Are we sure that the problem with the wide receivers isn't the quarterback though? Cause I mean, if you hmm. looked at this wide receiver group before the season and you said, all right, we're going into this year with Dante Pettis, uh, Marquise Goodwin, um, Debo Samuel and Richie James, Trent Taylor. Like that's a, that's one of the better groups of five, like from top to bottom. Like they may be missing that number one receiver, but like top five, that's a good group of players. But see, the thing is, like when you look at stellar offenses, you have every offense has that top receiver. The 49ers have a group of good receivers. They don't have any great receivers. As of right now, they have a big group of good receivers. So. How you don't have of, that guy. You don't have that guy like Mike Evans. You can just throw it real quick. If you need, if you need yards, you don't have that athletic freak. You don't have that big guy. All right, don't I be don't, calling the Bucks the top offense. No, I'm not. I'm saying you don't have that weapon like Mike Evans. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, you look at the Patriots. You look at a number of teams out there. Like they don't have Julio Jones, Mike Evans, all that stuff. And I, my question then would be how much of calling that guy a number one wide receiver is a product of the quarterback running the offense through his favorite target, you know, like. Well, then I, to go with that, Garoppolo hasn't had time really to have a favorite target. That's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, Tom Brady's successful because he has Julian Edelman, right. who he has been playing with for years and gets targeted at least, what, 10, 12 times a game. Would you consider Julian Edelman a number one wide receiver, though? In this no, but to be running the same offense with the same quarterback for how many years now? Right. Right. Plus Jimmy's chemistry. Plus Jimmy G, when he played those games for the Patriots, actually was pretty good. Threw some. He looked good. Yay. 
He had like five. Even when he was traded to the 49ers, he yeah. played he played really well. He had like Tom Brady's a system quarterback, right? Uh, I mean, he is, but that's, you know, <laughs> whatever. When, there's no bad Jimmy G talk on this show. He's too beautiful. There's only bad Jimmy G talk for me. <laughs> he is gorgeous. Last year, you'll hear it again. So, well, that's why we're not Jer- friends. That's why we're not Jer- friends. That's the same thing with Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. Um, the $8 million mm-hmm. man. Joey, what did you think about that Rams game? Uh, God, they made, Absolutely they made him look it. ridiculous. That was... That was something. Jared else. Goff had seventy-eight yards. Yeah, I couldn't believe seventy-eight that. yards passing. I couldn't believe yeah. that. Yeah, that's horrendous. Robert Woods didn't have one catch. Yeah. Cooper Cup, I think, was held at what seventeen yards. Mm-hmm. And they held it's like they sh- they shut down that entire offense. Right. And granted, Todd Gurley wasn't there, but honestly, if he was there, I don't think he made a difference. Yeah, Jarrell Henderson made his first appearance, though. and he actually looked pretty decent. Right. Yeah. He had well, he only had six carries, but he he got thirty nine yards out of it. So, yeah, he's an interesting one to keep an eye on. I I had my qualms with his college tape for sure, um, but he's in a good situation. I think that this showing was enough to beat out Malcolm Brown. Hopefully, yeah. yeah the crazy part was if you watch that first drive, I mean, the Browns kind of just uh, not the Brown, the uh, Rams with Brown kind of just ran down the field. Yeah, and they, they it was like he had like forty yards in the first quarter, and then he finished with forty yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like after that drive, it was just done. done. Yeah, no, that was that was a really good showing for you guys. All right, so yeah. prediction, 49ers prediction. Where do you think they go this year? How do you think they do? I honestly think they. It's going to be tough. I think they can win the NFC West, but they have to get through Seattle. And Russell Wilson is on a rampage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I, I hate saying, cause I hate the Seahawks, but I really like Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. It they, kills me to say, but they look good. And, um, the thing is, the thing I think they have on the Seahawks though, is defense. Mm-hmm. They have the better defense and I think they can make a, a run into the playoffs. Are they a Super Bowl contender? I don't know. I don't think they are yet. I still think they need to finish this year and go into next year with a lot of this, this group with a year under their belt together. Yeah. Next year, if they can get themselves another receiver, I think they can actually be a contender. Hmm. But I can, I can see them being like a, a three or four seed going in the playoffs and maybe winning a wild card matchup, getting into a divisional round. Yeah. I've got uh, one last thing to ask Joey before we let him go. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. After uh, last week's five for 125 and a touchdown performance, <clears throat> is Robbie Anderson your number one overall wide receiver going forward. No, but <laughs> I, I do still like him for a decent breakout only with Sam Darnold. And granted, it's still that those stats were blown way out of proportion because he had one ninety-two yard catch. Mm-hmm. All right. Follow up question. <laughs> uh, is Sam Darnold going to give Robbie Anderson mono? Cause I believe it may still be contagious. Mm. Uh, I think he already has. All right. Yeah. No further questions. All right. One one further question, then we're done. Uh, adjusted season prediction. Now that we're like six weeks in, how do you, what do you think for everything? Well, Super Bowl. For everything. Everything. Let's see. Uh, Super Bowl. Uh, I'm gonna go Patriots. I, know. I really am. I hate. Yep. To, I hate to say it. Absolutely hate to say it. Uh, the NFC is kind of tough for me. Yeah. Um. If. Honestly, if the Vikings offense can click on both sides of the, like 
running and passing in one game instead of just one or the other. Right. I could actually see the Vikings making a nice push for the for the Super Bowl, to be honest. I mean, their defense looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Neil Hunter? The Neil Hunter, right? <laughs> yes. All right, yeah. You guys got me all worried now and shit. <laughs> but the Neil Hunter, he's really stepping up. He's looking like one of the best DNs in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Hendricks is having himself his oh best God. year of his career. He's fucking he's playing on fire. awesome this year. Yeah. Anthony Barr looks pretty good himself, and I mean the corners are good. So it, the the defense is solid. Delvin Cook looks amazing, yep. and they're finally clicking with the receivers again. So I think that team can just go up from here. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Super Bowl Vikings and Patriots, hmm. um, NFC Championship game. As much as I love the Niners, it's going to be Seattle and Minnesota. Ooh. And uh, I think in the AFC Championship game, it's going to be New England. It's probably going to be a rematch, New England and Kansas City. Even though Kansas City's dropped two, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is going to turn it around. I think that team's going to be all right. They just need to run the ball more than nine times, ten times in the game. He's got to get his ankle healthy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And who wins? Uh, it's going to be the... the, uh, the <laughs> Damn it! It's gonna be the Patriots. Yeah, I'm prepared. Their defense looks too good this year. I win like six hundred dollars when that happens, so Damn. it's fine. Nice. <laughs> well, Joey, do you hear how reluctant I am yeah. to say that? The pit, the the pit, the pit. Uh, yeah. Even though, thank you, Statement Games for yeah. Yes, Collins, we had to. Like we to had say to thank you. Say something about that because uh, you've got your Jamie Collins jersey on. Of yeah. course, the listeners can't see it, but uh, and then I just got my Patrick Mahomes jersey in, which I won uh, a couple weeks ago from Statement Games. So make sure that you're playing with us. Uh, take these jerseys away from us, man. Like we shouldn't be winning this. This should be right. our, our listeners out there. Uh, go to idpguys.org, click the banner, brings you into Statement Games. Very simple game to play. Good compliment to your fantasy season. Um, they've got matchups for contests and tournaments for each uh, game of the week. And then you can get into our sponsored game um, on Sunday nights, which has the benefit of if you win the tournament, you get a jersey. And Joey and I are both tournament winners. So, uh, yeah, buddy. Good stuff, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Obviously, love your content. Love uh, you, Sean. Everyone, make sure you're following Joey the Tooth at Joey the Tooth IDP on Twitter. Uh, he is a host of F3 Podcast along with Sean Lanigan there. Uh, My best friend ever. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> writes content for IDP guys and Dynasty Football Digest and uh, just general awesome guy. You can also find him on Twitter at Robbie Anderson Superfan69. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the cup of bulls. All right, so let's uh let's talk get into our review of the past week and kick it off with uh, steak and salad. Uh, Johnny, you want to kick that off? What's your steak? My steak is Aaron Donald. Clap them cheeks. <laughs> After all them doubters were like, hey, Aaron Donald sucks. I'm going to cut Aaron Donald. He went out and he clapped them cheeks. 
It's a mistake. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Sean. Uh, Terry McLaren continuing to just roll. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm super excited about that. <laughs> I was, uh, I was a huge fan of his coming in and he's just crushing it right now and he's not slowing down. I think, uh, I think I heard that Case Keenum had like 160 passing yards, something like that. And he had like a hundred of them. Mm-hmm. 102 touchdowns. So if, yeah, if all right, the touchdowns too. just, just to give you guys an idea of how good a deal he is in DFS right now, the top receivers go for like 8,500. He was 5,700 this week. Yeah. I mean, just keep firing him up. Yeah. Deal. Mm. Nate. Uh, so my stake is Hunter Henry back in my Scott Fishbowl lineup. Um, I've had one loss. I'm one game behind the lead. Um, and I got Hunter Henry back, which he had a huge game. Mm. And I'm hoping he can keep that up. Yeah. So that's my stake. Nice. Nice. Uh, my salad would be the Cowboys getting their salad tossed. God uh, damn it, you stole my joke. Yeah. No, it was there. It was easy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Injury woes, missing two offensive tackles. Dak has no time to even fart. Um, not great. We need our bye week like now instead of later. Um, but it's not happening that way. We got the Eagles instead, mm. which is perfect. Uh, Sean, what about you? What's what's the salad? Uh, well, we were just talking about him, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins usage right now, where I'm really not like. I don't know. It's kind of a mixed bag because they're struggling to get the ball down the field to him. So I think they've kind of just resorted to just being like, okay, we need to get the ball in his hands. So they're just like running wide receiver screens and short little passes to him. And that's not what he does. Like he can obviously do that, but that's not what he excels at. And I think that until they decide to try and unleash him, he's going to continue to flounder. Um, But that is coming they're going to realize that you can't just throw wide receiver screens to him and expect him to like be a productive, useful member of this offense. Mm. So uh, my salad is uh, the NFL refs tossing the Lions salad. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. We discussed this. We ranted about this. I don't think we need to go any further with this, but that was a disgusting salad. Mm. Trash tag garbage. Mm. Mm -hmm. Trash tag. Yep. Gotcha. All right. So let's, uh, we can review it with, uh, over met and under, uh, Johnny, who overproduced for you this week? Uh, a few guys, uh, namely James Bradbury. I already talked about him a little bit. He had 70 points in heroes and villains. That's like a super cornerback premium league. And he went nuts. That was great. Jonathan Allen also, uh, been back for a couple weeks for the Redskins, killing it at defensive tackle and Corey Littleton. Did what he was supposed to and more. There you go. Uh, David Johnson, because he did nothing on the ground, and I don't expect him to continue to keep up the passing game. And then Adrian Peterson. Um, I know that Brian Callahan is allegedly committed to running the football 150 times per game, but uh, they were playing the Dolphins, and I don't think that – Adrian Peterson's going to be able to have 20 to 25 carries for 120 yards or whatever it was he did this week. I just don't think that's sustainable, but I do think this uh, is really good sell window for someone who's trying to sell to a 
competitor and um, just try and grab a draft pick out of it if you're re- rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so kicking it off on the Thursday game, uh, Marcus Golden had a game, mm-hmm. uh, a touchdown off of a fumble recovery, and he had uh, three tackle assists. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for that one play, he wouldn't have produced as well as he did. So overproduced. Mm-hmm. All right. Met expectations. Daniil Hunter has been meeting expectations all year, very quietly, but he's been doing it. Uh, also, Quan Alexander did what about what he was supposed to do this week and Justin Simmons. Mm. John? Uh, Mark Andrews, back to doing Mark Andrews stuff. Uh, I don't know, Lamar Jackson really didn't do anything in the passing game, but uh, Mark Andrews was the, on the receiving end of pretty much all of it. Um, then Odell Beckham finally had a nice game, even though uh, Baker Mayfield didn't. Uh, they were getting the ball to Odell. So, hmm. cool. Uh, so Tracy Walker had a pretty good game uh, last night, even though he, uh, you know, obviously the Lions got hosed. But uh, five tackles, two tackle assists, and a pass defense. Um, that's becoming a regular occurrence for him. He's yeah. doing pretty well. He's he's put himself in that free safety IDP relevant category, which is mm-hmm. tough to get into and stay in. There's only a few guys that can do it, and he's yeah. solidly in there. Uh, all right, underproduced Ricardo Allen. Although there's no need to like freak out, he still played 100 percent of snaps. Um, he should be fine. Sheldon Rankins still a little hobbled, so he's only at 47 percent of snaps. He should be okay. Shaq Barrett and Whitney Merciless, though. Uh, you get what you get if you plug them in in a regular mm-hmm. linebacker's lot. This is, this shit happens. Dude, yeah. We've been saying it for yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. John? Uh, Keenan Allen and Joe Mixon both had really rough games. Uh, mm. Under 10 points. You don't want to see that out of guys that you likely drafted early, spent capital trying to acquire whatever. Um Keenan Allen will bounce back. Joe Mixon, I am not confident in for the rest of the year, which sucks because I think he's really talented. Um, but I think this is going to provide a really good buy window in Dynasty. What if uh, AJ Green actually comes back and they start throwing the ball? Does that help? Uh, maybe. Um, I would be surprised if AJ Green played another down for the Bengals. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, so. Nick Bosa had his coming out party last week, right? Mm-hmm. And then he had a tackle assist this week. So uh, considering expectations going into the year, I would say that is an under. Yeah. Half a uh, half a tackle. Right. So. All right. So shotgun waivers. Mm-hmm. Let's kick it off. Me? Yeah. All right. I'll start. Uh, Alan Lazard. Uh, no, don't worry about it. Uh, Packers receivers will be back, and he's not that good. John Brown, interesting as like a flex play uh, in redrafts just because they don't have a whole lot else over there. Chase Edmonds should be owned as both a handcuff and potential flex in the future. Luke Wilson, definitely pick him up. And Keel Harry, I'm not super confident as a talent, but um, – his draft capital definitely suggests he should be picked up. Matt Prater should be your kicker number one anyway. Darren Fells, not worth your time. Duke Williams, I wouldn't worry about it. 
Uh, Demarius Thomas, again, not super worried about it. Benny Snell, definitely pick him up if news comes out that James Conner is going to miss any time. If not, then he's probably just a handcuff or a hold. Uh, John Brown, not really. Ryan Tannehill uh, in Superflex, and Darius Slayton could have flex appeal down the road. Mm. Oh, and uh, Latavius, I added Latavius Murray because I just saw the news about um, Kamara. Uh, uh, what's the news on Kamara? I just missed that. Could be doubtful. Said he he might be able to go this week. I mean, then you're really just looking at Latavius Murray for one week, and if you really need to start somebody for one week, there's probably better options. But I mean, if I don't know, so I, know. I got a question here. Um, yeah, when we're talking about Will Disley going down, um, you would think those targets have to go somewhere. Do you think it's going to continue with the tight end and Luke Wilson or? Do you think uh, Jaron Brown could? I mean, eat some of that up. Is it worth like if you've got a decent stack of wide receivers and you're just kind of like working the bottom of your roster, getting Jaron Brown? Or I don't think so because I think more likely those targets are going to get distributed between Luke Wilson, who will get a couple, mm-hmm. uh, and then probably you'll see an uptick to DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett. Okay. Ooh. Sounds good. But I, I don't think we're really going to add anybody that's going to really like blow the lid off anything. Mm. All right. Let me ask you guys for the Matt Prater. Was that because a, he was a trending transaction B a shot at Trader Joe or C because he's Matt Prater and he's a really good kicker. Uh, the correct name is MV Prater. Okay. But which answer? Well, I know this uh, answer. I'm so I'm guessing gonna... that's a shot at Trader Joe. No, it's actually all of them. Oh, <laughs> he, he he is a trending transaction this week. It's crazy. Should, I'm not even kidding. You should have had a, uh, what is a D all of the, all above. the above. Yeah. No, like people are switching their kickers out this week. Well, people uh, should be switching their kickers out every week. So I Prater went on by and I got, you know, other kickers. I got sly. I got gay and <laughs> yeah, you do <laughs> getting gay with boys. Uh, I, didn't swap them out like because I don't know they they were fine um, and kickers are uh, wildly uh, inconsistent fluctuate yeah so I was just yeah, like whatever stupid. so you I only play. actually started Prater in one league and had him benched in all my other mm, ones mm, mm, mm. so mm. mistake yep well I I shit can those other. Uh, guys, so I'm straight MV Prater there you go. in all my leagues with yep. kickers. Yeah. Prater should have been the top pick in the snap league, but uh, I fucked that up. I took a Legatron instead. Mm. Yeah, overthinking it. He got sniped from me. Yeah. All right. Before I could get him. Yeah. All right. Defensive waivers. A uh, couple guys coming back pretty soon. Jaron Reed this week, JPP the week after because uh, the Bucks are on by. Najee Good has taken Quincy Williams' job. We talked about that. AJ AJ Johnson has taken Josie Jewell's job. We talked about that. Troy Reader looks like a good option, but who knows with the Kenny Young trade. Um, It's still worth a stab. Uh, Jermaine Pratt is slowly but surely getting playing time. He's been going up a few weeks now. He's at 38%. So this looks like a Bengals keep tanking slash sucking. So they see what they got in the guy later in the season thing. So grab him now for later. Uh, Rashad Jones is 
back. He's the thing. Mm. He was 99% last week, only 75% this week. Um, but he still led the team in IDP production. So that's good. Uh, Devin White, bleh, Devin White played a game this week, um, which was cool for everyone yeah. that owned him. Started uh, him. Yeah. He had nine combined tackles, eight solo. So that was cool. Uh, if Anthony Hitchens is out again, Ben Nieman is a decent option once more. Uh, I've talked about Jonathan Allen already. Sheldon Rankins also. You should have grabbed those guys already if you need defensive tackle help. Um, Zach Brown and Nathan Gary both saw upticks in their playing time for the Eagles, but that was mostly... I think Zach Brown got cut. Yeah, Zach Brown just got cut. What? When did that happen? Uh, like so, today or yesterday because of shit-talking cousins. I don't what? think that's what it was. No, 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 no. That's not what it was, but it was a pretty funny series of yeah. tweets where it was like, it was a couple of screenshots. I'm sorry to whoever tweeted this out because it was hilarious and I don't know who it was off the top of my head, but it was like, life comes at you fast. And then the first tweet was, Kirk Cousins is the weakest part of this offense. Next tweet was a photo that just said like, Kirk Cousins throws for 338 yards or whatever. <laughs> and then the next tweet was Zach Brown has been cut. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so Nathan Gary then is the guy you want to be looking at. Um, Brad, yeah. Bradham fell to 41%, but that's just cause he had an ankle injury. Um, he should be okay. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Mm. Zach Brown gone, huh? Yep. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Um, um, the Falcons, Kamal at Kamel Ishmael. And Ricardo Allen are both at 100% of snaps, and they're both listed as strong safety. So I don't know. Maybe grab both. Allen's been pretty decent, though. Um, that's the one I'd go with. Uh, Wesley Woodyard at 95% of snaps. You can go ahead and ignore that. Once Jayon Brown gets back, he will be back in there. Uh, both Williams for the Jets have been pretty good lately, Quinnen and Leonard. Uh, Quinnen played 62% of snaps, had like six combined tackles or something. And Leonard Williams had a couple sacks, but that was a Cowboys offensive line that's missing two people. So think about that what you will. He's a 3-4 defensive end, and he's not Aaron Donald. So it is what it is. Uh, Chargers linebackers. I would just stay the hell away from it if I were you. It's been a fucking mess all year, and it continued to be a mess this week. Last week it was Nuwosu with top percentage. This week it was Thomas Davis. A few weeks before that it was like Kazir White. It switches every week. They don't know what they're doing. I just stay away from it. Uh, Mark Barron has a hamstring for the Steelers, so Vince Williams continues to see an uptick in snaps. We'll see if that lasts, though. Uh, and Oren Burks only played 8% of snaps, completely healthy. B.J. Goodson actually outsnapped him, so that's not uh, not what everyone thought was going to happen. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, that's about it. Brought to you by a special partnership with StatementGames.com, a DFS-style game centered around Vegas betting. Join us playing this free game that allows you to rank statements by confidence to win coins. Coins can be exchanged for gift cards, but don't forget to spin the wheel for more free coins each day. This season, the IDP guys will be partnering for the Sunday night game contest and giving away... Uh, we've been giving away jerseys, uh, like uh, we said earlier... Uh, Joey got a Jamie Collins jersey. I've got a Mahomes jersey on that I just received winning the tournament. Um, great jerseys. They're doing a Bosa this week, I think. Uh, yeah, they just did a Bosa. I don't know if they announced the winner yet. Um, and so 
Johnny will be highlighting his top three statements each week for this tournament and keeping track of how he does each week. So, Johnny, how did you do last Sunday? A little better, 37 points, which uh, wasn't enough to win anything, but mm. but it was good. And you guys win shit, so that's great. <laughs> I'm glad someone's winning something. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, this week, though, we've got Cowboys-Eagles. Um, I'm not sure where it's at. Is that? I think it's Philly because the Cowboys have just had a couple home games. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Good question. It's it's going to be a shootout. I feel like um, both defenses have not been real great lately. Um, I feel like Dak's going to throw for over two sixty yards easy. Uh, it's just going to be one of those games where we either get behind early, or they just keep scoring and we have to keep trying to score. So the yards that should be money in the bank. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles defense number two most confident statement over two and a half sacks missing two offensive tackles. Yeah. There will be there will be over two and a half sacks. That's going to happen. Uh, and my third most confident thing statement this week is Zach Ertz over five and a half receptions. He's been quiet for too long. I feel like he's due for a blow up game. So nothing scientific there. I just feel like it's going to happen. Mm. So that's what we got. Cool. Yeah, I was just looking, and uh, the NFL app is very uh, not specific on where it's being held, other than that it's on NBC. Um, but if you want to get into statement games, play with us, uh, go to idpguys.org, click the banner that gets you into statement games. Really simple to sign up. Probably takes about two seconds. Um, if you have your Facebook uh, login ready on Google, your phone, whatever, Google, or Google yeah. whatever, you just click the button, boom, you're in. Um, and then you there's they have contests for four different sports, mm-hmm. uh, so you can play all year long. Um, and then right now they do each game has a different contest and then they have tournaments and we sponsor the Sunday night tournament, which also comes along with the tournament winner getting a Jersey. Um, so make sure you're getting in there, uh, playing with us and taking these jerseys away from us. Cause man, I mean, Doug's been in the running for like two or three and he's missed out. So I think his time is coming. So, uh, get in there. It's great fun. Um, we got Hollywood hooked on it. It's free. You get free coins for joining through IDP guys um, and then free coins every day. So uh, it, it's fun. So yeah. with that, Johnny, you want to finish up Johnny the Greek? Yeah, we actually did pretty, pretty solid last week. I had Seahawks minus one and a half at Cleveland. They took care of business and Patriots minus 16 and a half um, at home against the Giants. It was looking shaky for a minute, just for covering, not for winning. Um, Lord knows the Giants weren't going to win that game. Uh, but they ended up covering, so we're 7-5 and five on the season. This week, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints plus 3.5 at Chicago. I feel like they don't need the points, so getting the points is nice. Um, Chicago's not that good, offensively anyway. Um, and this Saints team is going to be able to score enough to outscore the uh the bears so that's i feel like that's pretty solid and i'm going oh yeah you know what that could affect it but even bridgewater has kind of developed some chemistry with thomas now Mm. and uh the saints are just like they play like a complete unit like a complete team they seem pretty possessed this year too so uh and that defense has been like lights out like they've held the the cowboys to 10 points uh Jacksonville to what six points last week, two field goals. Um, the, you know they look great on defense. And Chicago, I mean, you guys know the Chicago offense, right? Like mm-hmm. it's horseshit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that's not going to go well for them. Um, and the second one I have is New England minus nine and a half at the Jets. I don't know why the spread is only nine and a half. It, it's going to be far worse than that for the Jets. So that should be pretty easy too. You're saying that about the team that just kicked the shit out of your cow- cowgirls. Just saying. Yeah, that's okay. You're, what's your, you think the Patriots are like not going to win that game? <laughs> no, they are. I think it'll be closer than nine and a half, though. You want to put your booty on it? <laughs> I don't, because <laughs> you seem to get pleasure out of it, regardless of whether you win or not. So I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so make sure you're following us on Twitter uh, at IDP guys. Individually, I'm at Nate cheat. If you want uh fart porn, foot fetish, um, weird stuff, Johnny is at orange man, three, one, four, two. And if you want someone to not uh, message you back, Sean is at Lanny one, nine, two, five. I message everybody back except for you guys. That's uh, the thing. Yeah. I, I, you guys, I just assume that it's just bullshit. You're sending me. So I ignore <laughs> I do try and trick you every once in a while. Yeah, no, I open up, I'll look at my DM on Twitter and I'll scroll down and be like, I really regret seeing that. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite one is like the one where it's like the chick's rack, but you have to click it to enlarge and then it's just a giant schlong instead. Yeah, that's that's why that's why i ignore these things or the reflection schlong oh yeah so it's like a, yeah, a, like, a website like, and right. then or like i'm selling my laptop you know five hundred dollars or best offer you click on the picture and it's just a reflected wiener on the laptop <laughs> screen so my dms are open if you want me to respond just don't send dick pics <laughs> or do and i'll give you a free t-shirt Ooh, god Jesus. if you're about to be out some money. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> oh, man. So subscribe to the podcast. If you love this banter as much as we do, uh, go to idpguys.org. Uh, the sidebar is Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes links, as far as well as an RSS feed for the podcatcher of your choice. While you're there, subscribe. A dollar a month, uh, yearly option available as well. Uh, you get great um data rankings. Uh, there's a, a trade evaluator. We know that the trade deadline's coming up and people in IDP leagues need to, you know, figure out who's worth what and uh, against offensive players. So we have a trade calculator that has IDP and offense together um, as well as our Slack chat. So you can get in, ask all the questions you want to our writers. We have a large staff uh, and everyone's in there. Uh, chatting away and having a good time as well as some of our subscribers get in on uh, answering questions too. So um, it's all good. Uh, Also make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, uh, writer digest network, R E I T E R uh, digest network. There's also a Twitter handle now. Um, I believe it's writer underscore digest. Uh, That's where all of our video content is going through. Um, We have F three pod, uh, Tyler's uh, vital fantasy football information uh, rated IDP live, which uh, this Saturday we've got the big three Johnny's good friends. Mm, yeah. Um, it, yeah. Hey, shout out big three. The South will rise again. God bless the Confederacy fellas. <laughs> it's an inside joke. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> you guys were ready for that, were you? <laughs> no, not even a little. I've heard you say it before. I didn't, 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and finally, I launched a t-shirt website, um, myfantasyfootballshirt.com. Uh, Sean here helped me out greatly with that. We got a bunch of great designs up there, but most importantly, if you're looking for a graphic for your league um, that you want done and on a t-shirt, uh, hit us up there. Um, you can go to Twitter at my FFL shirts, my FFL shirts. I think that's it. Um, and as well as if you have a brand, have a podcast, whatever we are partnering up and, uh, will, you know, uh, profit share. So hit us up for any of those things or just check out the shirts. We got a great Gardner Minshew shirt up there. Um, yeah, he, uh, one of my leagues has been running for 10, 12 years. I think, uh, once we got the site up and running, he did a design for that. And it's just absolutely awesome. Color options, custom design, basically told him what I wanted, put it together, got it done in like what, two days. Yeah. Yeah. A quick yeah. turnaround. Um, done in two days, got it up on the site and, uh, basically dropped the link in my league and everyone can buy it now. So it's cool. Yeah. Still waiting for them to do that. But, uh, Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this 96th episode. We got four more until we get into the triple digits. Hello, Tony Jones.